Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hello, and welcome to episode 35 of the Mud Her podcast, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code. So, today we're going to dive into the topic of tough conversations and feedback. Have you ever received feedback that was a little tough? Have you ever had to give feedback or have tough conversations with a friend, a family member, an employee, someone you work with? If you haven't ever, then that's another topic that we'll talk about. It falls into the arena of avoidance. But I have been on a huge journey through my growth and development around what is this thing feedback? And I have come to a place where I can, in most instances, receive it quite gracefully and understand that it's something that is going to help me grow. And then it can actually be nourishing. Don't get me wrong. I'm still super working on this. But given some of my experiences of the past where you know receiving feedback would just be immediately met with defensiveness. That's one of my big MOs. And I think it's pretty common, right? A couple of things I want to say in this regard, and then maybe share a couple examples and we can look at this together. So it's pretty common that 
we are our own worst critics, right? Are there areas of your life or places in your life that you are just a task fiend or a perfectionist monster, or it's just never good enough, right? I know for me, I'm starting to catch thoughts in my head about that, that are pretty incessant and really unhealthy, right? To have such critical parent inside of us. So then when someone on the outside, be it a boss, a partner, spouse, friend happens to share with you some feedback or wants to have a tough conversation, it's nothing that you haven't said to yourself before, but somehow them bringing it out in the open into the light, just like, boom, right? Like, ah, oh, I know it can get pretty ugly on my part, depending on what the topic is, the level of onslaught of defensiveness. And I can catch it now. Like I can, I can literally like see it happening in the moment in my mind. And there's just times I don't stop it, even though I know it's happening. And there are times that I can kind of tend to myself on the inside when it comes my way and share a feeling. I know if you've been listening to my podcast, we're not going to have any episode that doesn't talk about the power of our emotions, but it's true because we're hijacked. You know, our, our amygdala in our brain and our limbic system just goes into defense mode, right? And there's then any number of behaviors. We might shut down, we might lash back, but it's a protective mechanism. You know, we feel like there's danger there. It feels like, you know, something way more bad is happening than actually is. But when I can name the emotion, usually it's hurt or fear. I would say for me, those are the top two when I'm getting any kind of feedback. It's like, even though I've been saying it to myself, ouch, it hurts to hear it out loud. It hurts to know that somebody else has noticed that there's, you know, a behavior or something that's going on with me that I don't know, somehow I wanted to make up I was hiding have you ever had that where, you know, you think like, oh, nobody else knows this thing that I'm struggling with or I'm doing and we think we're kind of hiding it, but that's almost never the case. <laughs> almost never the case that somebody isn't picking up on it. And I started thinking of some examples. These aren't necessarily linear, but I remember a time, this is in the mothering arena. And I think if your mom of a child, you kind of know, but others could relate to, you know, the defensiveness around something that you care a lot about, right? And how you're doing that job or, you know, behaviors that you're engaging in around the care of a child or something that you care a ton about. And this happened for me with my second daughter. And I was, you know, I was pretty mobile with them at an early age, taking them places. And I wasn't working at the time, but I was going to programs and also doing some leadings of some groups at the Wright Foundation, not yet a uh, employee there. But I was in the kitchen and my mentor, Dr. Judith Wright at the time, you know, just made a comment that, you know, when I look back on it now, it wasn't, you know, that big a deal, but it, it was for me as this new mom, I think Hannah was, I don't know, somewhere between a month and two. So still very early on and I'm holding her in the kitchen and putting something together. And she says, you know, I noticed that you hardly ever put her down. <laughs> And I don't know, like the, it was this mom instinct of like, well, what do you mean? And just 
the defensiveness. And I was able to, in that moment, I was, I was holding a fork and I remember like pointing the fork at her and saying like, fork you, what are you talking about? But somehow just doing that immediate moment of levity and acknowledging, you know, maybe not a hundred percent directly, but the hurt, right. And that I was having a reaction as opposed to historically, I probably just would have stuffed that down. I'm like, Oh yeah, what? And felt bad versus responding. So I said that, and then we had a really great conversation about it. Like, it's fine to hold your baby a lot. Like, you know, it's, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And, you know, especially at that young age, but it was more that she was noticing how I was being about it and kind of my way of being and noticing some fear and insecurity that I was having. And, and maybe I was, you know, holding on tight and I honestly don't remember what all we explored, but I do remember feeling very seen and supported and cared about in a way that actually kind of freed me up, to be honest, because I wasn't like an overly protective mom. I think there was just things going on with me that I, an insecurity that, you know, freed me up to kind of be more out there and play and know that everything was going to be okay. So that one I always have some humor about, but it really showed me the importance of, you know, receiving some feedback and, you know, being able to, you know, as soon as possible, notice my reaction and share the feeling that's right there about it. I've also learned a lot, you know, sometimes, you know, learning and hearing things doesn't always translate to new behavior, but it was really helpful to me along the way. And I don't have the research right in front of me, but there were some things that Judith shared on a leadership training. Every year we do a, and it's actually coming up next week, a a leadership intensive training. It's a week long mindfulness, team building, really like deep dive into conscious living week that I always come away with huge insights and awarenesses and having had a week to practice new behaviors. So this was several years ago now, I think, but we were looking at, you know, what is nourishment? You know, how does our body receive nourishment? Like, and just looking at it lots of different ways. And she was talking about how our cells open themselves to nourishment. Like they have a sense of what's nourishing and they open themselves and take it in, but then wall themselves off when they feel a threat or danger. So what we realized in that is if in my mind, I'm always holding feedback as a threat, then I'm going to close myself off to the goodness and nourishment that is there. And I think, you know, that really struck me that that's, you know, even possible, but actually proven scientifically, you know, that that's how we operate and that's what's going on in our systems. So I have been working to, you know, kind of calm myself when it happens, you know, provide myself some some immediate nourishment and security like I did with the humor in that one and naming my feeling that I could open myself then to the the conversation and the nourishment that was then available for me. Because now I'm remembering, I think one of the, the things that we ended up talking about is I was going for nourishment for myself by holding Hannah a lot and, you know, keeping her close by me for my own nourishment but wasn't really looking at, is that what she needs, you know, in every moment? And then these moments, and then I set out on a journey to get myself more nourished. Oh, I'm so glad I remember that. That was really good experience and a great reminder for me as well. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, 
hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go. It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up, but now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. So this whole concept that we're kind of in charge of and really at the helm of allowing in feedback in that way, which I think is both a little daunting, but also pretty cool. Oh my gosh, we did exercises like literal, like physical exercises around kind of playing this out. And what does it mean to like be a cell that, you know, repels positive things? And we just played with it and did all sorts of really fun stuff to exemplify it. Our brains are tough, right? I've known a way all along that I think protects me. And that's, you know, whether it's to keep my life small and doable so you don't get feedback. And, you know, if I'm not taking risks to put myself at risk for feedback, or then when I get it, you know, to always be defended and dispel it, I'm how am I going to grow? I, I need that nourishment Uh, for my growth. Now, we're not talking about the name calling, just blatant being mean criticism and irresponsible, you know, anger fighting like that. I'm making that distinction. We're always all going to have our own stuff in feedback that we give somebody else. But even in the most goodwill place, you know, there could potentially be some charge or maybe not 100% accurate, which reminds me of another aspect of kind of my learning and teaching around this was 
We were on a pilgrimage in Spain and Portugal led by Dr. Judith Wright. I think I've talked about those on many of my podcasts because it's where so much awareness for myself and so much of my journey kind of unfolds or kind of comes to a focal point at these times where we really like set aside time to go and dive into these things. But on this particular one, before even going on there, we read a book about St. Teresa of Avila and these pilgrimages are non-denominational, but we'll always take in and learn about the current culture, the historical cultures of any place that we go. So studying some of the saints and that, and I was raised Catholic and I, there's so much I never learned or didn't know. And these journeys have really opened me up to a lot of that, but I digress but it's kind of cool that she's reading to us about St. Teresa of Avila. And oh my gosh, some of it was so confronting, but she lived this hard but beautiful life. And one thing that really stuck out for me was when she talked about how she deals with truth and feedback. And this is a woman who had, you know, direct experiences, very incredible mystical experiences with God, with Jesus and, you know, ecstasy type you know, really, really incredible. I, I think it was witness that she levitated. I mean, we're talking really out there, amazing things that she was experiencing in her life. And she said any of those experiences, yes, you know, while they're incredible and that they're not what she accounts for, considers a good day. To her, it's been a good day if she has received a truth or some feedback. And I was like, what? No way. How could that even be? Like, I'll I'll pick the, you know, beautiful experience connecting with God. But to her, she said, and even if this was even the more challenging part, she said, even if I don't know if she, how she said it exactly, but it was along the lines of even if most of it or 90% if in our terms, you know, 90% or more of it isn't factual, there's something she can draw from it for herself, for her growth and development for her to become a better person, that she could choose to hear these truths in a way that would always, because she also felt that her becoming, again, not her words, the best person she could be, the, you know, living the most conscious, aware, truthful life was actually the way that she got closer to God. And a way that she lived a spiritual life was to be exposed and to have that exposure kind of like a crucible, right? Like burn away the impurities in a way that, you know, made her more pure. And, you know, so that's, that is definitely a vision to consider, you know, an ideal to live toward, but to know that there are people on this planet that have lived that way and have found this to be true. So we're now we're looking at scientific data, we're looking at, you know, spiritual mystical experiences. So it's becoming harder and harder for me to deny or push away the fact that feedback isn't something that is good for me, right? And it softens the journey some, at least I don't have to feel kind of crazy making about it. And it really has allowed me, you know, along the way to do a lot of what I've been able to do, you know, and to hear feedback from mentors, you know, hearing it from your spouse is never easy, right? There's always so much rawness and a trigger there. And, you know, there've been times with Rich where I've been, you know, hugely defensive and push him away when he's giving me feedback. And I've learned along the way to 
again, just, you know, in the moment, say something, right? There's, there'll be times I might say, I hate you right now for saying that. Even if I know what you're saying is true, shut up. I don't want to hear it. I don't like it. And again, you know, that opens a space. It may not sound like it, but it does. And it's always like, help me. And there's plenty of times I like, you know, he's a guy and he delivers feedback in a way that is challenging to me at times because it's very direct. You know, there's there's no sugar coating. There's no like leading up to it and softening it and just kind of like there and out there. I'm like, oh, I wish you could just be nicer about it. And he's like, too bad. <laughs> You know, and good for him. You know, he doesn't really have to change his behavior. And there's been times, you know, as we've grown that he does. But either way, it's my responsibility on how I'm going to receive it. And if I'm going to listen to it and take it in or just stay in a defensive mode. And, you know, in that, then, you know, truths can be told, like their clarification, understanding, all that's fine. But if I'm only doing it to kind of patch myself back together because I've, feel so hurt from it, then that's really not going to get me very far either. And as a personality trait of, or, you know, kind of, we have a, something called the care profile that we do trainings and talks on, you know, where it's a personality style profile and mine is cooperator. You know, the place I get the most triggered as a cooperator is if I feel like I've displeased somebody else or receiving that kind of criticism feels like is for sure going to equate to abandonment of some sort or kicked out, but definitely a bad thing because, you know, in that personality style, I just want everything, everyone to be okay. And, you know, and I'm kind of a peacemaker and caretaker in that way. So for me, giving feedback is something I've had to learn a ton about also. And it's really only through some processes that I engaged in at the Right Foundation Transformation Lab and some other things where we, you know, you have to practice, you know, and in a safe environment, practice literally delivering feedback and criticisms and, you know, working toward having it be as responsible as possible. But you have to kind of, I had to just start out just putting it out there. And oh my God, I, I mean, it's, I know it's dramatic, but I thought, I didn't know, I thought the sky was going to fall, you know, like the earth would end if I just put truths out there. And some, you know, it started as judgments. And I remember doing this assignment in the lab I was in and the group I was in that I'd been in for a while at that point. And I mean, to me, they were fairly superficial feedback. You know, one was about how one of the guys dressed in the lab and another was about a new ring this woman got and they were so hurt. But at the same time, it opened up a conversation about what that meant to them and the history, you know, leading up to you know, these kinds of things for them that they uh, really, you know, were able to do deeper work and work that opened up for them by me just putting out straight out that judgment and that truth. And it also, you know, broke the beliefs that nobody would like me if I told the truth. As a matter of fact, the more I told these truths, my group members reported that they felt I was more trustworthy. They felt like, you know, that way I wasn't just hiding the judgments or keeping them all inside, which we think we're hiding. But like I said at the beginning, we never are. They really felt like, you know, more and more they could trust me because I would share what was so and what was what was truthful. And it was so, oh my gosh, groundbreaking, mistaken, belief breaking, you know, for myself to move into a space of and allowing me to have more integrity in my life. And to feel like what I had to say, you know, had value and that, you know, I could enter these kind of conversations 
And I, I will say that still as a cooperator, you know, as I get to know people, you know, people that I know really well, like my husband, I know that how I deliver it, uh, there's going to just be a, a better opening if I don't just for him, like just plop it out there. But I do some leading up to it, you know, with the full intention to have the full truth out, but giving him kind of small doses along the way that he can kind of sit with and be with along the way. So it doesn't mean that, you know, because I practice putting it out just super directly, but I know that I can, and I know that I'll be okay. And I think that's um, something that's so important. And every time that I have, or someone has with me, when I've been open to it, and I've stayed with the other person, if I'm delivering it, it has allowed us to be closer and still kind of blows me away every time. I won't take the time here to share like, but I have lots of examples where, gosh, you know, in my doctorate, in my work, in ways I've been in my relationship with Rich that, you know, them having the courage to give me just really straight, direct feedback has been a gift. Even if I can't see it in the moment, I don't think, you know, there's anywhere where I am clear that that feedback was given because they're holding a high vision for me. They're aware that, you know, having it and putting it out there is going to be better for everyone all around. And as soon as I open up to it, I can see it too. So that's, I think that's where I want to leave it for today. You know, I, I think it's a lot to chew on, a lot to be with. And of course, I'm always open to hearing what's going on for you. And please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or my website or email me and, you know, any thoughts or reactions that you're having to this, because this is a big one and it can be very tender, but I'm hoping that what really came across is that whatever barriers or beliefs, mistaken beliefs, because we all have them around tough conversations and feedback, that exploring that territory can really open up closer intimacy with people that we care about, deeper conversations, exploring, you know, learning about yourself and other people in ways that without it, this really aren't possible. And that may we all, you know, have St. Teresa of Avila thinking about some of this and consider it a good day. I'm going to consider it a good day today when or if I receive some tough feedback. All right, till next time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.